longer with that? Or do you think that it's just women get more independent? I think so. I think yeah. it is. You know, women, you know and they, they, they rightfully so. I do believe that, you know, women, there is definitely equality, men and women, and I believe it should be, you know. Um, but it's, it's yeah, women have definitely, they, they've, someone sparked something behind them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they need to be in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to catch some slack for that one, pal. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm saying with the kids, you know, it's good for them. You're you're more old fashioned. No, I think no. A woman should be able to do whatever she wants to do. Yeah. But I think I think, I think a woman would really like to be home. Like, what? Why would a woman want to be home with her with, with her kids? I think for all the great things the feminist movement did, which I think we would all agree, the fem the original feminist movement was a great thing. But the the new wave feminists are just basically man haters. You know what I mean? I I I don't get behind that movement at all. You know what I mean? Or they're they're men. These days, oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you don't know what to do now, and this is—I'm being serious about this. You know, to a degree, I'm old-fashioned. I believe in opening doors. I believe in that sort of thing. But you almost—you you almost feel like, am I going to offend her? Like, if I open the door for her, because you know, like, like you know, they want to be equal on all pars now. You know, I think really, truly. Most women don't want to be. I think most. I mean, women hey, man, go be. change the tire. I'll, yeah, be, I'll yeah, hang yeah, out the yeah, car. Yeah, I'm yeah. hang out in the heat. <laughs> but you do see it when you're out. Yeah. When you're out, and you see it out, and you see that the bill comes, they split the bill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would never. I, no. I, one thing about my son. My son's 24. Absolutely would never. Would yeah, never. And yeah. again, I think that comes from the parenting at home. And, yeah. You know, yeah. Believe me, if, it's, it's, if my son ever let a woman split a bill with him. <laughs> Dolores would fuck him up. And Dolores is my... What's up, my Housewives Relatable listeners? It's your girl, Stella, coming to you once again to talk about it all. Hi, guys. If you're listening to this episode, happy Friday. Today is Friday, and uh, I know that I normally release my episodes on Thursday, on Thursdays, but as I said before, it's summertime. The kids are home. They're with me. So sometimes it can get a little bit challenging to uh, record my podcast on Wednesday because on Wednesdays, because my life is busy. And um, the only thing that I can commit to you um, for at this point is that I will continue to upload an episode at least once a week. The day of the week might vary. So If you are not subscribed to my YouTube channel or not subscribed to my Podbean, please hit the subscribe button. That way you will get notified uh, automatically as soon as an episode gets released. So there's a lot of stuff happening in the Bravoverse again. So we're going to dive right into it because our good friend Frank Catania... (laughs) is in hot waters again um (laughs) there's an interview that he did on champ and on champ and the tramp and to be honest with you guys i was not familiar with the with the podcast um in itself so just like everybody else i listened to the soundbite and it was not frank saying uh, or making that comment it was one of the co-hosts and then i have to admit it didn't sound it, it didn't sound very good right it didn't sound right from what i heard i heard it at first on up and adam 
And then I was just like, oh, okay. And and Frank laughed, right? He he kind of actually laughed when the guy made the comment about women belonging or should be in the kitchen and taking care of the kids. So I was just like, oh my gosh, Frank, everybody's going to come at you for that comment. So before I, you know, want to come at you too, <laughs> let me listen to the actual whole thing, right? So that's what I did. So I went and found Champ and the Tramp. And I listened to the podcast, the entire thing. It was like over an hour. And, you know, guys, like I, it's not like I sit there and listen to podcasts, like while I'm doing stuff like in my house for my kids or whatever, you know, I just put stuff in the background and I just hear it. Right. So I put my, um, my Bluetooth, um, headphones on and then I just walk around doing my, my stuff for my life and I listen to podcasts. So I have to say the guy, the co-host, I don't know what his name is, but he did put a little bit of his foot in his mouth. But if you listen to the actual interview, it's not as bad. I have to say, it's not as bad as the soundbite is trying to make it seem. Okay, so before the entire like Oppression Olympics crew decides to come for me, like in my comments, like under my comments, I'm just going to say, relax. Okay, I'm not saying that I agree with what he said. I'm just saying it's not as bad as the soundbite made it seem. The guy did put his foot his foot in his mouth a little bit but okay so if you listen to the entire interview um he does say women should be in the kitchen or taking care of the kids and then his his co-host says to him oh dude you're gonna you're gonna catch some flack for this right for for this comment that you just made so the guy also says, listen, I believe that women should be able to do whatever they want to do. He also said that. So I have to give him that. And then he said, you know, including like, I'm sure a woman would like to stay home and also, you know, take care of the children. Why wouldn't she like to do that as well? Right. So, you know, when you put it like that, it's not as offensive as the sound bite made it seem. At least it wasn't as offensive for me. Right. But I don't, there's a lot of things that I don't take personally. Like I recognize that sometimes when you're on air and you're just like shooting the breeze or you're just talking because it's kind of like the whole gist of the podcast. It seems like it's a conversation between men. Right. And, um, they're very boisterous and they're just like, you know, they're like, they're like, it's a bunch of guys talking. I felt at times that I was like a little fly on the wall, just listening to their conversation. So he didn't say anything bad about women. He just said, you know, he put his foot in his mouth and then he kind of corrected his statement. And Frank just laughed because Frank, you know, he's not a stupid guy. So he knows that, hey, <laughs> you better watch out for that comment. You know what I mean? And then sometimes not everything deserves, um, you know, a comment. Sometimes you just you, you just have to laugh it off. And I think that's what Frank was doing. He was just laughing it off. And then it kind of gave the guy an opportunity to correct himself and say women should be able to do whatever they want to do. But I doubt that's his comment. He said, I doubt that they want to change a tire while, you know, standing in the heat, you know, outside. They would rather just be in the car while I change the tire. Right. So that made me laugh because I was just like, I'm definitely not the one who's going to do that. Like I'm staying in the car. You take care of it. You got it. You got it, honey. You got it. <laughs> so I wasn't offended about that. Right. So 
But anyways, they also talk a lot about, you know, supporting the old feminist movement, not so much the new one, right? Because they feel, and that's their opinion, guys, they feel like the new movement kind of has this hate for men. And that's a different conversation. We're not going to talk about it here. But what I'm saying is that, you know, there's truth to both sides, right? So I thought it was quite of an interesting podcast and, um, yeah, I think it's worth a listen, guys. Like, it was a great conversation. And uh, you can always fast forward the part that they talk about sports and guns and Harley Davids- Davidson and that kind of stuff. But aside from that, they do talk a lot about housewives, which is not necessarily something that they do on that show. But because Frank Catania was the guest, obviously, you know, they have like a lot of female li- listeners that tuned in and had questions for Frank. So um, obviously they're going to talk about Dolores, his relief- relationship with Frank, how the divorce went. You know, you learn some things because some of the things Dolores has shared while she was on the show and Frank has shared, but there's some stuff that we don't know about. So you know, Frank goes into a little bit more details when it comes to the terms of their divorce, who got what, uh, how nasty things got at some point in time. And then overall him and Dolores just kind of like turning things around, not respecting the terms of their divorce and just kind of like be good parents and adults about it and just be like, you know what? I know the judge said, you get this, I get that, but let's just make it work for the sake of our family and our kids. So I think that that's commendable, no matter how you feel about Dolores. And you know, I've said it in the past, like she is not my favorite housewife, but uh, I think that's commendable that she was able to do that with Frank. So kudos to them when it comes to that. So another thing that was brought up on Champ and the Trend (laughs) uh, podcast, um, one of the listeners had a question for for Frank, and the question was about Louis. Okay, so they were asking, um, you know, what was Frank's relationship with Louis? Frank responded and said that after the reunion, things were a little tense between him and Louis. And Frank doesn't necessarily like to have animosity with people. He doesn't like the drama. Um, He's not like involved. And he says that like even at the reunion. And to be honest, to be fair, Frank always stays away from the drama. That's not why he is on the show for. He's like the comedic relief and, you know, he's there to have a good time and sometimes um, be the mediator, right, between certain parties. Like I, I remember even between Siggy and Dolores and Teresa, you know, he was kind of a little bit of the voice of reason. He was just like, uh, you know, I understand you guys want to walk in Kim D's fashion show, but at the same time, you need to have a little bit more of Teresa's back too, because, you know, if, if I were Teresa, I would feel some sort of way about you guys too, right? So that, that's something that Teresa seems to forget, right? Because, Teresa and Frank says this on the podcast again. He says that, you know, Teresa hasn't been very nice to him lately, but he will continue to be nice to her and speak highly of her, right? That's what he's going to continue to do. So, Frank, after the reunion with Louis, he contacted Louis and said, Let's have a sit down, let's talk as men, right? So, Louis wanted to do that as well and just hash things out. Teresa v- was very apprehensive of the meeting. And those are not my words, those are her words. You can go and listen to her podcast, Namaste Bitches, a few episodes ago. I can't remember the name of the episode, but Teresa says, um, 
that she didn't want Louis to meet up with Frank because she felt like, you know, Frank is just trying to stay on the show. He's kind of just thirsty. There's things that he's willing to do just to stay relevant now that Dolores has a man and he's no longer needed. That was basically her position on her own podcast about Frank. And um, she said that, you know, she was kind of mad that Frank basically tr uh, threw um, Louis under the bus at the reunion. I don't really feel like Frank did that. If one thing, <laughs> you know, he's catching some flack for not really like standing up to Louis, right? So, you know, he, he basically said something outside like in the men's room. And then when, when he came on stage, he was not willing to talk about it because Dolores shut it down and he respected her wish at that point. So I'm not really sure what Teresa's mad about. But anyhow, Frank and Louis met up. And uh, I'm not going to say that they saw eye to eye like according to frank frank says that they just they have just decided to agree to disagree but you know they would kind of like just squash things and be cordial so now frank said that him and louis don't have any animosity towards each other and that the, there's no beef right so i don't really understand like why Teresa feels like she needs to constantly protect louis um, Louis is a grown man. I'm sure he got it. I'm sure he can take care of his relationships with other men. And it's like, Teresa doesn't need to, to get involved. Like if Louis doesn't have a problem with Frank anymore and Frank doesn't have a problem with Louis, I don't understand why Teresa has a problem with Frank. But anyways, I digress when it comes to that. So another thing that was quite interesting. Another question had to do with the prenup. Like, I guess somebody wanted to know what was Frank's um, professional opinion on Teresa and Louis not getting a prenup. Because, you know, Frank used to be an attorney. So um, you got to love Frank for that. You know, he doesn't really get involved and he's just like, you know, to each his own. They can do whatever they want. You know what I mean? They didn't see a necessity to get a prenup. So that's on them. Right. And, um, he also says something that he said on two T's in the pod. He says that the thing that people do not understand is that Louis is very well off financially. He's doing very well. He doesn't need Teresa's money. That's what Frank said. Right. And, um, at that point, you know, when you listen to this, you're like, okay, I've heard of this before. People say that Louis is well off. Louis says that he's well off. So, and even Teresa at some point in time, I think she was on watch what happens live. And that was before she got married to, to uh, Louis, everybody was asking her, why don't you get a prenup? Why don't you get a prenup? You need to protect yourself, protect yourself. And then Teresa said, I'm not worried about it because he has more than me. He has more than me. That's what she said, right? I know over the past few weeks or months, I've heard people say the opposite, but I've actually heard it from Teresa's mouth. She said, and I believe it was on Watch What Happens Live, she said, he has more than me, Louis. So, which brings me to my next point, because, you know, a few weeks ago, Kim D, um, you know, she's on the podcast on Saturdays and um, she was saying she was talking about Teresa selling her home, the home that we saw her all of those years, uh, the, the house that she was living in. So basically, Kim D was saying that when Teresa sold the property, she sold it and there was no equity in that home right she also said that Teresa didn't put any money into the new home that she currently lives in with louis and as you guys know only louis on the title of the house uh the house is in an llc and um according to louis 
it's it's paid in full, right? So there's no mortgage on the property. So apparently. So, you know, if we just go back a few years, Teresa had that house, like her original house, listed for a certain amount of money. And then it sat on the market for quite some time. Then she reduced it, sat on the market for quite some time. I think she had an offer, didn't go through at some point in time. I can't remember why it didn't go through, but it didn't. And then she had to put the house on the market again. And then eventually she still, I think she reduced the price of the house um, three times, three times. So um, if what Kim D is saying is correct, there was no equity on the home. Like I doubt that Teresa made any money out of the sale of her home, right? It's possible. And you know what? No judgment to her. I'm saying she was a single mom at some point in time. She also went away. Uh, obviously when you're away, you can't, um, make money. Joe didn't have like, I don't know, like a secure job while he was on the outside. And you know, his options were a little bit limited as well. And, um, even Teresa, when she came out, she said, you know, I'm in a situation right now that I need to make money and I need to make money fast. And that's the reason why she was writing that book because she had to make money. She said all of her businesses went to shit. Fabellini, her cookbooks were not selling. So she didn't really have any money at that time when she came back season seven, right? And then Joe went away for four years. So it's very possible that, I don't know, like Teresa might have to she may have had to mortgage the house even more. And if you guys recall, and I'm not saying that this is a reliable source, but everybody enjoys a little gossip here and there. So if you guys are familiar uh, with the show, you know about Fame Horgas, that blog, <laughs> that website that has such juicy information. But I remember reading a long time ago, and don't quote me on this, guys. I'm just paraphrasing here. Uh, it's somewhere in the archives of that blog. It was saying that at the time, right? And we're talking about 2014, 2013, maybe. Um, they were saying that, you know, the Judaises had no assets, really. Like everything was pretty much a liability. The house was mortgaged. The shore house was mortgaged. Um, you know, like high mortgage, like even the ATVs, maybe the cars and all of that stuff. Like there was like a bunch of liens on everything that they owned. Right. And even we see it on the show that the shore house got repossessed. They lost the shore house. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised if at the time of the sale of her property, her primary residence, that there was no equity and that Teresa didn't make any money. And another thing is back to that same season, season six, just before Teresa was getting prepared to go to go away, she was sitting with Dina. You know, Dina, she came in to do a vision board with Teresa. And then Teresa was saying, you know, I feel like I'm chasing my tail because I'm paying all of these like expensive attorney fees and college is right around the corner for Gia and I have no college money saved up for the kids. I have no money for that because I'm paying for lawyer fees all the time, right? So that was one thing. And then recently when Teresa, you know, was saying, I don't know how I'm going to coexist with Melissa and my brother. Right. So you're going. Um, Teresa also said, I need to go back to the show because I don't have any money saved up for Gia going to law school. And that's expensive. Right. So Teresa may not have any money in the bank. And it, that would be so unfortunate because I don't know how much she makes on, you know, on paper. Like I know a lot of people have been saying that she makes 2.2 millions per season and that's, you know, that's fair. 
I wouldn't be surprised if that's how much she was actually making. But what I'm saying is that's a lot of money to make. And for her not to have anything in the bank, like, you know, saved up for college, for university, for herself or anything like that. You know, it seems like you're putting a lot of your life out there. Um, and it's not always positive. It's very negative, you know, relationship with her brother. Like there's a lot of stuff that is happening on that show that is sad and negative. And, you know, it would be nice if she had like something to show for it. But anyways, I digress. When it comes to this though, one thing that doesn't really seem to check for me when it comes to that whole situation, I know Louis likes to say he's rich and he has a lot of money and all of that. And he even says to Teresa, season 12 finale, he says, you know, I work hard so you never have to work a day in your life. How lucky is that, right? Let's take our private jet and move to our big house, right? That's what he says. But Margaret, she made an interesting comment on the after show. You know, she during her interview, she was saying to the producer, yeah, you know, we hear that Louis is very rich, but he hasn't taken Teresa from the show. They're still filming. Um, and I gave money to their uh, for their wedding and um, the money was cashed within less than 24 hours. I got an alert because I get an alert uh, whenever it's over 500 due to fraud reasons. So she said that normally when it's your second wedding, you shouldn't be asking for um, monetary gifts. And if you're so well off, why was it cashed out like so, you know what I mean? Like so quickly in less than 24 hours. That's according to Margaret. So I thought that that was interesting too. Um, and then another thing that I do recall, maybe the year prior, like before they got married, I can't remember what's the name of that website, but it's a website that, you know, you can have for your, it's kind of like for your wedding and then you can ask people to send money so they can fund for your honeymoon or something like that. I remember they had that in place too. And I thought it was funny back then because I was just like, why do you need people to pay for your honeymoon, right? If you're spending that much money on your wedding, you should be able to afford your own. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I thought it was a little weird. But anyways, now that we're still speaking on Teresa. Recently, I think it was a couple of days ago, Megan King, <laughs> Megan King was on Watch What Happens live and made a comment about Louis. So now it's all over the internet. Megan is like calling Louis all sorts of names. She's saying that he is the definite, like a textbook narcissist. And then she said, <laughs> she says that he's a slime ball. That's what she said. And then Andy was just like, whoa, like his jaw dropped and all that. I don't know, Megan. I hope you're ready. I hope you're ready for the fandom because they're going to come at you, right? Like those fans. <laughs> Anyways, and maybe Louie, who knows, right? But I just wanted to offer a little bit of context when it comes to Miss Megan King. I don't know if she still has the podcast. Uh, I don't know if she has it anymore, but she had a podcast. I can't remember what it was called, right? But Megan was one of the first, if not the first, to have Louise ex fiance on her podcast. And if you guys follow my podcast, 
uh, in the earlier episodes, I do talk about this and I say, you know, I've listened to this podcast from Megan King and she had the ex on the podcast and she was not allowed to reference Louis. She could only talk about narcissism and narcissistic behaviors. And, you know, she could just really talk about it in very general terms because I think that they have like some sort of gag order on each other at the time. The podcast is from a few years ago. It's not from this year. So anyways, um, so she had that woman on her podcast and, uh, Vanessa and, um, basically they were talking because Megan, she feels like, you know, the baseball player that she used to be with, like, I think his name was Jim when she was on Orange County, like she calls him a narcissist now. And then Louis is a narcissist too, according to Vanessa. And, you know, all of these women are specialized in narcissistic, um, abuse and all of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't like to use the term myself. I'm not going to diagnose anyone because I'm not a clinician. So, you know, I cannot say if he is or if he's not. All I can talk about is about the behavior that I do not like, right? About Louis when it comes to him. So anyways, so just to offer a little bit of context when it comes to that, Megan King had Vanessa Riser on her podcast and they basically talked about, you know, Vanessa's former relationship with Louis. Now, speaking of Vanessa, I wonder, like I had a question and maybe you guys can let me know because we know that Kim D and Vanessa are friends because Kim D has said it like, it's no secret. I'm not bringing any tea to you guys when it comes to that. If you listen to the podcast, she says all the time, me and Vanessa are friends. And even Kim D has referred her attorney to Vanessa to help her with her case and all of that stuff. Right. But, um, Recently, it seems like there's been a little bit of a shift, not necessarily with Kim, but with her host, like the the, the host of that, that podcast. And he was saying that, um, you know, now I think it's, it's on the tail of like Louis following him. That's what I understand uh, from it all. Like, so basically they had Bo Dito on their podcast. Um, Bo Dito is, you know, Uncle Bo to Louis and apparently Bo said to David at some point in time have you ever have you ever had Louis on your pod and then David said no I never did and then Bo was like well you know it's kind of like suggesting that you should hear both sides right so um I guess David was talking about that with Kim and then Kim was saying like, oh yeah, you know, we should hear both sides. And to be honest with you guys, I agree with that. I agree that you should hear both sides. The only thing is for me, I think that that should have come and that's my opinion and I'm, an, I'm entitled to it. I think that you should hear both sides early on in the conversation right? When there is smoke and fire and you're going to invite, like, let's say Vanessa to have a voice and tell her story, which she has the right to do, right? She has the right to want to tell her story with Louis and you have the right to believe her, right? But then if you're saying that, okay, we're doing journalism here, or are we doing gossip? Like, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but if you say, okay, I'm going to give this person a platform to express herself and tell her story. But then if we want the full story, we're also going to extend that to Louis. And I'm not saying that Louis has never wanted to maybe come on David's podcast prior to, I don't know. I don't know Louis and I don't know David. I'm just saying 
that it has never happened, right? And with Kim D having a close relationship with Vanessa or being friends at least, because by the way, Vanessa did walk in Kim D's fashion show back in 2021. You know how Kim has her fashion shows and stuff and they're so lively and people walk and, you know, she had like a few of the housewives, like she takes like people that are kind of like relatable and cool and all that stuff. Well, there is a footage of Vanessa Riser, uh, walking in Kim D's fashion show a few years ago. So, you know, since that they, since they have a close relationship, maybe it didn't make sense to have Louis on the podcast, right? But um I wonder where the shift happened because I definitely feel the shift and now it seems like not necessarily from Kim D although she did say hi Lou and then she kind of blew him a kiss. I wonder if Kim is still as close to Vanessa now or how Vanessa feels about that, right? Because from what I can understand, she's in a battle with Louis. She thinks that he's stalking her and all of that. So I, I wonder what, like how she feels now that they potentially want to give him a platform to talk about his side of the story, right? So I just thought that was interesting. And, um, for Louis, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if it's really Louis following, like, he, he's allowed to follow whoever he wants. Um, the only thing that I find a little weird, though, is that why would you want to follow people that are insulting you? That's my only comment. And I'm not saying that it's not deserved, that I don't agree or whatever. I'm just saying, like, why would you want to follow people that are insulting you? Not just people that are stating facts, right? Because there's people out there that will say, you know, I don't particularly like the guy or I think he's a little weird, but that's not an insult. But there's other podcasts or other channels, they actually do get, like they lay into Louis, right? They call him all kinds of names. So for me, I find it weird that he would want to follow them just because his friend Bodito was on, on the show. It's kind of weird, but... Maybe he's a little thirsty too, right? <laughs> Another thing that I wanted to sh kind of share with you guys uh, or bring up to your attention, my listeners, this season in the Real Housewives of New Jersey, you know, we, when the ladies were in Ireland, we see um, the men are kind of like planning to have like a gathering and um at that point you know frank is in the weed business now and he has a few dispensaries and you know everything is legal so that's fine and uh we see the man you know ha having a blast together and just kind of like indulging in that whole thing but <clears throat> at first guys i didn't think anything of it but now i'm just gonna say something and I'm not going to say any names, but now I find the whole weed and pot smoking and innuendos on the show. I'm starting to wonder if it's a coincidence or if it's on purpose. And the reason why I'm saying this is because we see the man kind of like engaging in all of that, right? And just like smoking on TV. And then there's a lot of references about Jen, um, you know, smoking as well and no judgment to her when it comes to that. I'm just saying there's a lot of reference about that on the show. 
And then there's Margaret that is constantly referencing on the show how Jen doesn't, you know, remember stuff or is disheveled or is just kind of like not all there because of her habit of smoking, right? So I'm, I'm starting to wonder, is it a coincidence or are they trying to tell us something for next season? Or is there something that may be coming out that we don't know about? And I've seen something. When, like, right right after that episode was released, like, you know, the slant episode, I think it was the slant episode. Anyways, the episode where the ladies are in Ireland and the men are smoking at uh, Joe Benigno's house. Right after that episode air, uh, I saw it on another channel. It's on YouTube. And, um, there was a reference made, like there was uh, like a, you know, a person on YouTube that was talking about the whole show and, you know, the whole act of, you know, indulging in, you know, weed smoking, <laughs> all of that. And then they put a caption or some sort of article to talk about the effects of uh, weed on the brain, but especially um, weed on the brain for the youth, right? So I'm just wondering if they're trying to tell us something for next season when it comes to that. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Last year, when I called you, we were having a party. Yes, right? I said, yeah, you know, you're yeah. come. I had the kids, man. Exactly, I would have come. Right? I you never know? get babysitters when I had the yeah. kids. But listen, I, 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 and it's right down the street. Yeah, Joe's right down the street exactly. from me. So, yeah. yeah. So it would have been a, cro a crossover between Jersey Shore. It would have been. Both, both of them, basically, seriously. We're like, we're like the two ex-husbands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stars. I know Joe and Melissa. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've been to events with yeah. them. Joe used to go to my gym. I'd catch a yes. workout with Joe once in a while. Yeah. I got nothing bad to say about anybody on the show. But I might start a little drama just because we got Frank in the studio, you know. <laughs> Might stir a little drama. There, there's a little drama there, a little personal drama yeah. that that Frank, Frankie, and I are a little privy to. There's a there's a dude that keeps getting mentioned on the show. That yeah. it's actually a good friend of ours, Bulldog. Yeah. Yeah. Bulldog. Who's Bulldog? You don't know. You don't know the Bulldog story. No, no. I'm not gonna listen. I would never say anything because it's his place to say it. But but you just brought it up. I'm not gonna say nothing. But I just brought it up. No, 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 no. no. Frankie yeah. wants a boring show as usual. But there's there's I would let him tell the story is what I mean if he ever wanted to elaborate we'll, we'll on tell it. We'll but tell it now anyway. No, no, no. What not do you mean? It. What the fuck do you mean? It's, it's been talked about, you fucking dumb fuck on the show. It's been talked oh, yeah. about. Uh, one of the cast I members has no fucking clue know. about it, so it must know. not have been talked about. It was talked about on the reunion. His name was brought up on the reunion. Who are you talking about? Bulldog. His name was brought up on the reunion. Melissa used to date Bulldog before she dated Joe Gorga. That's his name, Bulldog? Bull well, it's not his real name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, it's been brought up numerous times. Melissa grew up in Tom's Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's another thing that they talked about on that podcast, the whole bulldog thing. And I'm really not going to spend too much time talking about this, but I have to say, <laughs> Frank is pretty good. Frank is good. He's funny. He's like saying, 
is that his name? Is his name Bulldog? <laughs> like the guy clearly has no idea who those guys are talking about. And he's like, I never heard his name. I never heard his name. Like Frank is not giving it any light. And I don't know if he's doing it on purpose or if he really truly has no knowledge of who this person was. But um, I'm just going to say this. When it comes to the whole Bulldog situation, I am not here for it. Like if you have been a fan of the show, you know about Fame Horgas. And his name was brought up so many times on that blog and with quotes. And at some point in time, like a long time ago, he was like tweeting stuff. And at this point, guys, I do not care about that story. And I give it as much credit or as much like interest as uh, the people that are claiming to know who the rat is in Teresa and Joe's case, right? I just really think that this guy has nothing to say. It's not important. We don't care. You don't need to go on a podcast and talk about like something that may have happened or probably didn't happen because if you could have, you would have a long time ago. And that's all I'm going to say about the bulldog situation. Okay, guys, so as I said before, you know, um, I watched The Real Housewives of Atlanta and I said at the time that I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it or not because, as you know, this season for me seems a little boring, a little dry, not really sure about the the drama or the storylines that they're trying to set, to tell but I have been watching I'm definitely not going to do any recaps but I'm going to touch on it from time to time so um, one thing that I'm excited for is that we just watched I think it was the mid-season tra trailer already because we're already at episode 9 of The Real Housewives of Atlanta and it seems like it's about to get good so I don't know if it's just like a very good trailer put together but it seems like it's about to get good so I'm here for it uh, I watched the last episode. I was um, happy to see Lisa Wu and to see Deshaun. Deshaun looks great, Lisa. It seems like she hasn't changed a bit. She looks exactly the same. Kim, um, it, I guess it was good to see Kim too. Me, particularly, I don't want to see her come back on the show. I know that there has been a lot of chatter about Kim coming back. I just don't feel like the... The only way that I would want to see Kim come back is if Kim was committed to do all of the activities with the other ladies. Because if she's not committed to doing that, I think Kim can just stay at home or find something else to do. Because it's not fair to the cast, right? Like the Kim of... Um, the the first years like the first seasons when she had like that relationship with Nini and the other women if you guys recall they never really used to travel like that like in the beginnings right that's like something that came later on but then later on once it was on it was on it was just like okay we're taking a trip here we're taking a trip there and Kim she would just never come she would never show up she would always have a million excuses for not attending the, the cast trip and that's kind of annoying it's like she comes to like a function and she comes in like very late and she leaves early or she doesn't come at all and it really seems like she never really wanted to be around the women like that anyways like oh my kids this or my husband that and it's just like listen you're on a show you're part of the cast if you want to come back to the show because uh, let's be honest the show could use some entertainment and Kim is entertaining I'm not saying she's my favorite housewife now but she was entertaining especially because of her relationship for with Nini I'm not sure 
if Kim can really go toe to toe with Kenya, because I feel like Kenya would just eat her alive. Like Kenya is just a savage when it comes to that, right? So <laughs> Kim better be prepared if she wants to come back to the show. But um, yeah, I did enjoy seeing her. Um, I think she looks great. And um, one thing that I find that is kind of interesting is that whole thing with Croy. It's like, I don't know what is going on. Like if it's just for attention, but it's like one second, they're trashing each other in the press. They're about to get divorced. She's an, she, like, you know, he calls her an alcoholic. Like she has like a gambling problem. She's not a good mother, this and this and that. And then as soon as she, like, as soon as she is on our screens for the sit down dinner with the OGs, oh, they're not divorcing anymore. Like I see a caption of a family that prays together, stays together. And then they seem to be fine now. So I don't know. I don't know how that's going to transpire, but I'm not opposed to Kim coming back to the show, but I want her to come back to the show and fully participate, participate with the other ladies. Otherwise I just don't want to see it. And Marlo, I want to talk about Marlo just for a bit. I've seen that Marlo has gone on a few dates with that guy and, you know, he owns a restaurant and he looks pretty good and they seem to have good chemistry. I don't know if it's arranged by production or if it's a real thing going on, but I'm not mad at seeing Marlo just like stepping outside of just being a Monty and, you know, I think she needs to date. Like she needs to find like her happy and like be in a relationship with somebody or just date freely. I think it's fine you know we, we we need to see a little bit of that so that's interesting in my opinion when it comes to marlo now when it comes to candy i haven't seen candy that much this season i've seen a little bit of her but i haven't seen too much of candy and when we do see her i feel like we haven't really seen her on the show and when we do see her she seems I don't know, like it, maybe she's past her prime years. And, you know, I know some people say, oh, Candy is dry. And she is a bit dry. You know, she's not like the most explosive person, but she does have a lot going on. And she was mainstream before Housewives. Um, obviously, the show has allowed her to do even more. But I don't know, like Candy's energy seems a little off this season. And every time that we also see... Um, Todd, he seems a little somber. Like he doesn't smile as much. Like he used to have this big smile on his face before. And you know, mind you, if you have like Mama Joyce as your mother, I don't know. <laughs> Mama Joyce, no diss to Mama Joyce. I like Mama Joyce, but I'm just saying, like you know, she's always banging on him a little bit, right? So maybe that's maybe that's the problem. I'm not sure, or I'm I'm not quite sure what's going on with the relationship. But both of them seem a little somber this season. So I don't know. Anyways, guys, that's all I have for today when it comes to the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Now, I wanted to talk to you guys about Kyle and Mauricio quickly. So I don't know what's going on on that front. That's another scandal. Kyle and Mauricio, they were separating. Then Kyle came back and released like a joint statement with Mauricio to say they are not divorcing, that they're very much still together and not to believe the rumors. And then we see them kind of like together eating or just spending time. But now it is, it has been confirmed that they're actually really separating. 
So I don't know, like I think how long were they together for? Like I think 27 years, that's like a lifetime together. And they have like how many children? Like, I don't know, like it seems, you know, it seems very sad. And to tell you the truth, from the first season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, there has been allegations against Mauricio. Even Camille, when she was talking, like, you know what, the dinner, um, how, how was that called, that episode? The, um, the dinner from hell. Anyways, like something from hell, right? So when the ladies left and uh, Camille was just there with her friend Didi and Alison Dubois, she was saying, oh, we know that he likes the ladies and she kind of made a face, right? So those rumors have always been there. And at first I was just like, you know, those people, they're in the public eye, they're in Beverly Hills, like they're living like the, the fast life and all of that. So people are always going to have something to say. Women are always going to come and say, oh yes, you know, I was with Mauricio or this person or that celebrity. But I was always wondering you know, men, like in general, they're not that responsible when it comes to, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So I was thinking, I don't know, like this guy seems to be like every week they're saying like Mauricio's cheating with this person. Like when he's going to this town, he has that person, that town, that person. And I was just like, it's impossible that Mauricio, if he is in fact doing all of this cheating, that he is being responsible with every single woman that he encounters. You know what I mean, right? And I was just like, I'm surprised that there's no love child that has, you know, come out of all of these like extracurricular <laughs> or extramarital affairs, right? So I don't know. I'm wondering what you guys think about that, but I definitely think that it is sad that Kyle and Mauricio, and I'm not a, a Kyle fan. I've said this multiple times. Um, there's a lot of housewives sometimes that, you know, you don't like at the beginning and then they grow on you, right? For example, for me anyways, like, you know, Dorit, her first season, I didn't really like her. Second season, I liked her a little more, but not so much. But now, like, Dorit is, like, one of my favorite on that show. I actually like Dorit quite a bit. And, uh, you know, Melissa is another one. Like, I didn't like Melissa for at least four seasons. And then now I actually liked her um quite a bit last season but I started liking her only like at the end of season six season seven that's when I started liking Melissa right but not above Teresa still but now I do this season I liked Melissa more than I liked Teresa so anyways and um Kyle for me she has never grown on me like from the time that Kyle has been on that show I have never liked her at, at I don't like okay mind you I think she is good for the show okay and I do not want to see Kyle fired I'm just saying I don't identify with Kyle at all like her character on the show is just not for me and every season I want to be open to liking her I just don't right I just don't but I don't want her to lose her job and I think she still brings a lot to the show that's my opinion right um I was more of a who do I like on that show on Beverly Hills when she was there? Of course, I like Lisa Vanderpump when she was on the show. I think she was funny and hysterical. And I did like their little friendship together. I, I, I find that Kyle and her girlfriends, she has good girlfriends relationships. So that's one thing about her that I will give her, right? Oh, and the whole thing about that, that girl or what's her name? Like um, Mo, 
that anyways the country singer i don't know like i don't know if there's really something there like like i said i find that kyle she tends to get really close with her girlfriends like even when she was with teddy like and teddy was on the show she's like super close to her she's very close to faye resnick and and she's very defensive of those relationships as well right so i don't know she might just be like you know going through um like a very like like you know like a hard time in her life right now and maybe that's the friendship that she needs but for the rest i don't know like i'm not gonna speculate on that but i just don't see it anyways guys that's all i have for today thank you so much for listening and again guys do not forget to subscribe to my youtube channel if you haven't already please share the content on youtube on instagram at relatable underscore stella youtube is at housewives relatable and follow me on my podbean or wherever else you like to listen to your podcast and as always be a fan not fanatical Ciao!